0: singer al cole from a cbs radio background now host of the syndicated talk show people of distinction celebrity interviews giving high-level public figures the chance to talk about their very special human feelings too because celebrities are human beings people and we are all people of distinction And when given the chance, we will all speak openly about the very reason for our birth, the energy and dedication of what we call love. So without any further ado, hey, we get into it. Hey, it's syndicated radio talk show host, author, singer Al Cole. Welcome you to another edition of People of Distinction, the talk that gives an in-depth view of some of the most dynamic, intelligent, and successful people on the planet. I come from CBS. My shows are nationally syndicated, and I've helped pave the way to treating women, guys, too, with the dignity that they deserve with my new book, Romance for Women. And for all mankind, it's available on Amazon Kindle as Al Cole, Romance for Women. And you can email people of distinction at alcoholic at gmail.com. You heard me right there. That's A L. C O L E H O L I C at gmail dot com, and I'd very much like to uh, thank my fans for dubbing themselves alcoholics and for the great feedback that you've been giving me on my book and my music CD, Captivation. Keep it coming, very very much appreciated. Today, a wonderful lady who is uh, just a very very spiritual lady as well, Eliza Mada Dalian. She's known as Mata, and she's a rare combination of an award-winning author, self-realized mystic, spiritual teacher, and internationally acclaimed master healer. Mada's book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness, is a recipient of six book awards. And it's a luminous step-by-step spiritual manual for healing the ego into consciousness. We talk about that on People of Distinction, but Mada is really going to home in on that. That is her home base, and uh, she's going to reveal the significance and purpose of the ego. It takes us uh, through the seven stages of its development to the point of its final surrender and transformation. I love this stuff. (laughs) Very, very, it's intriguing, and it's so real, people. You know, this is the mystery of the universe. At the same time, it is so realizable with us because we are the mystery of the universe. That universe out there also exists within us, and Mata knows this, and these are the things that we're going to be talking about as far as self realization, and uh, we love that. Mada's website is www.madadalian.com, I'm going to spell that out for you, www.m-a-d-a-d-a-l-i-a-n.com. She has a second book in the works, too, that you know she'll be introducing us to. Mada, really a pleasure to have you on People of Distinction with Alco and run down all of the great things that You have been doing, you are doing, and will be doing even into the future. Welcome, Mata. How are you today?
1: It's my pleasure being with you, Al, and on your wonderful show. I'm very well. Thank you.
0: Uh, Yeah, the things that you do are the things that I do. You're talking about the spiritual realizations, and uh, not only that, but I love the way that you use ego. Uh, You use ego actually in a very objective sense here. It's really in a non-judgmental sense. I mean, you know, we know that we live on a planet of ego, and that ego stands for something. We have to understand where the ego is coming from before we can actually heal it. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that uh, the minute they hear the word ego, bam, you know, it, it's just put down. It's totally pejorative. Uh, but our ego... Is something that can be transformative it can help us get to a place where we want to get and the proper use of the ego is something that is not usually discussed or if it is discussed it's discussed kind of maybe too much in egotistical terms I like the way that you put the ego right from the get-go as a spiritual manual for healing the ego into consciousness the ego Is a step into our great consciousness, and that's what I want you to talk about. In reference to your book, in reference to your work, in reference to your personal life as well, certain things in your past that have sparked realization. Uh, You can talk about all of this, starting with who Mata is. Introduce Mata to our audience. Uh, Where did you come from, and what are some of the, the your roots? That really connected you to the Mata that we all know now—the great writer and uh, and spiritual transformationalist—who is Mata Dalian Mata.
1: Well, thank you, uh, Al, for, for your introduction. That's, and especially for bringing up that uh, uh, topic of the ego, because I think that's somewhere, you know, that uh, if we can really understand it, then definitely we our journey will be so much easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, who is Mada? Well, Mada was born in Armenia, which used to be part of USSR. Uh, And uh, I did move to Canada in 1976. Um, And, of course, coming from a background that I was born, um, you know, in a sort of like a socialist country, Um, obviously religion has not been... um, Shoved down people's throats in in yeah. Russia, and uh, in a way, growing up in that freedom of um, I'm free to discover myself. And of course, um, I had some very significant experiences as a child, where where I witnessed my grandfather's death when I was five years old, mm. and that sparked the question for me. Uh, who am I and what am I doing here, I suddenly had a realization that my life is temporary here as well and I will be here for a while and I'll be gone. And the question was very important, who am I, what am I doing here, where do I come from, where do I go after I die? And of course, that's, um, that's, that, those are the questions we do ask ourselves sooner or later in our life. For me, it happened sooner. Some people asked those questions later. But those are the questions that put us on the search for, for spiritual self realization.
0: You know, you said it so well. And as I do on my shows, uh, first thing I'm going to underscore is questions. Uh, you know, you said those are the questions that we ask ourselves and I'm going to put it even more broadly here, we should be asking ourselves some of the deeper questions in life. Uh, You know, what was I put here for? What is my mission? Who will I serve? Now, these are some of the big life questions. And the the tragedy is that in so many cases in our lives, we're asking different questions to ourselves right from the beginning. We're asking questions like, uh, you know, what do I look like? Do I look good enough to attract this, this guy or this mm-hmm. woman? Or, uh, how much money am I making? Am I making enough money to feel that, um, to use that word, ego is fulfilled right now? Uh, what do I want to do with the rest of my life in order to be financially secure, in order to be secure of uh, of any sort of self doubt, well, these are you know they're not bad questions because we live in you know that sort of uh, reality here, but these are not the universal questions, because when we sleep, whether we want to be or not, we're universal creatures. When we the minute we close our eyes, our subconscious, our unconscious comes into play, whether we know it or not. And we can even drift off into different dimensions. And these dimensional drift-offs will find their way back into our consciousness and our everyday lives in ways that maybe we're not prepared. Maybe we don't even understand them. And that means that we're not understanding our, our complete life. When we ask questions to ourselves in so many ways, the mundane questions that we ask, they have an undergirding of something much, much deeper, And until we get deep with ourselves, we can't even answer some of the mundane questions, some of the surface questions, because even these surface questions have a deeper root to them. So we really have to get into our unconscious. We have to get into a lot of the transformations of that ego that we're talking about, that you're talking about, in order to answer some of the superficial, some of the regular everyday surface questions in order then to get down to the deeper questions of life. Uh, am, am I making some sense here, Mata?
1: Well, yes. And uh, it, to take it even further, is we. Uh, what, what's actually missing is that when we um, try to uh, accumulate wealth, as you mentioned, or, you know, accumulate things, um, or reach a certain goal that would, uh, in our mind, be a success. We don't really ask those questions consciously. They're very unconscious, and we just mm-hmm. follow the collective. Yeah. Because the collective, on the uh, worldly level, this is what it values. And we don't really understand that in order for us to find our true calling and and to find our true gifts and manifest them the only way would be first of all we need to know who we are we need to go inside and find those gifts because each person has their own unique gifts. and um, of course we you brought up the question of the ego and maybe um i can touch a little on that absolutely as we go deeper in my, in my experience, there is, um, and in, in the book, I describe the ego in two ways. There's the, the wounded ego, and there's the healthy ego. Now, first of all, the ego is like a protective shell that uh, we need, our energy needs, in order for us to be able to function, survive and function in the material reality, in the physical reality, and, uh, obviously, in, in that sense, the ego is absolutely necessary, just like a fruit. When it's developing, the ego needs to develop. Mm. And as we grow older, we come to a place of recognition. Oh, okay, this is, the, this is an ego, and I'm not actually it, because we're so identified with our thoughts and our emotions, which, in a way, are part, part of the ego and part of the conditioning that we accumulate as we grow older. And uh, once once the ego develops, consciousness develops simultaneously and it comes to a place where it recognizes the ego as separate from itself. And that's the moment where the fruit becomes ripe and it falls from the tree. And we cannot really forcibly ripen the fruit because uh, it, 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 if we try, It's just not going to taste the same. It's not going to be fulfilled, and we will not be fulfilled Mm -hmm. either if we deny parts of ourselves.
0: Isn't that great? And, you know, some of the listeners right now are wondering how this relates to them, what you just marvelously said. Put it in a way that every one of my listeners now it's pinpoint in how it reveals them to themselves talk about that ego talk about it as transformational talk about it as the way that you put it that uh the positive ego the negative ego in ways that it relates to the everyday joe and josephine out there how can we do that Ma?
1: Okay, well, let's try. This is a really challenging, you know, it's a challenging question to, to relate that, but everybody, obviously, we relate through words, and we have to use different words, so maybe mm-hmm. some words people will resonate with. And I'm sure that everybody understands misery and pain and suffering. Right. And this, if we even uh, just theoretically think that, or understand that misery and suffering and pain are created due to our identification with the parts of ourselves that are are fleeting. They are here today and they're gone tomorrow. In other words, that the thoughts, our thoughts are always fleeting. Our emotions are always fleeting. One moment we feel happy, next moment we feel sad, uh, next moment we feel angry, next moment we feel uh, peaceful, but there's that internal struggle that continues. The internal struggle that continues is based on our conditionings, our thoughts, our expectations, and the demands we put on our own life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this, those demands take us away from the moment, take us away from living the moment as uh, in our nature in our existence and being true to ourselves. So the ego, in a way, as we have, uh, we, we go on with life, we get conditioned to become somebody else and we forget who, who was me that was born without all these conditionings. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the work spiritual work that we need to do to peel away those layers of belief that have accumulated and find that uh, being or the soul that comes absolutely healthy and leaves absolutely healthy so once we discover that this is where the misery ends the suffering ends the the, the pain ends and this is the work that each person needs to do and, and can only do but by themselves on their own. Nobody can do it for them.
0: Well, that's right. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to underscore what you're talking about here, Mata, as well. What Mata is talking about, people, is love in the end. Now, we start out... As individual consciousnesses individual consciousnesses don't mean that we're conscious now see that's the paradox people we're starting out being separate from everybody else's consciousness originally and we think because we're separate our consciousness is separate from another consciousness that well that barrier is natural I'm here to tell you that that is not a natural barrier. That unnatural barrier of consciousness separated from consciousness, we tend to call freely the ego. That ego has a place where it can expand itself into other egos in a very healthy way. Now, that is the methodology of love. When we love somebody, what we're saying unconsciously we're not even aware of it we want to share consciousness with you I want you to be a part of my consciousness I want to be a part of your consciousness unfortunately what we think we mean when we say we love each other is well I want your body and I want you to take my body and enjoy my body and you know there's nothing wrong with that but if it were just that, we would never get to know who that other person's reality really is. Now, that reality, that consciousness, when we share consciousness that way, when we accept another person into our consciousness, guess what? We're saying, I'm not threatened by you anymore. You're not threatened by me anymore. I'm in your consciousness. You're in my consciousness. Now we are truly friends. Friendship is paramount here people when we are friends with each other we can become the best lovers when we become the best lovers guess what love is no longer limited to just being an emotion now it's an energy now it's something that's transferable to everybody else not just to our special lover but when we're walking down the street holding hands those sparks of our love are emitted to other people in our proximity And we can transform them. They might not even know what's going on. But they're saying, wow, those two lovers, I love the way that they look. And they're making an impact in me. And now these other people are giddy and they're laughing. Well, now we are positively affecting their consciousness. Now it's no longer ego-bound. Now it's universally bound. Now we're talking about some sort of experience that we can even call a higher power god if you want to use that g word that higher power is all consuming at that point these are the things that really matter in life Now, <laughs> am i on the right track here mata and i want you to expand on that
1: well you know um the, the, the point of love, we come to what, um, in the book, when I describe, um, um, for, for some of your listeners, I don't know, they might probably have heard the, the word chakras or energy points in, in the body, mm-hmm. but um, we, we do have those seven energy points in the body where our ego and consciousness develop and transform. It's, the body is like an energy chamber, and those points are... Related to certain areas of our life. So each energy chamber relates to certain areas of, lo- of our life in our consciousness. And, of course, love that you talked about is related to the fourth chakra, which is the fourth energy point in the heart chakra area. And in order to get there, what we need to do, and this is what a very um, um, in detail described in the book that each chakra has its own quality and it needs to be completely lived and transformed so that there's nothing preventing from the energy, which is our life force, which is uh, in a way um, in, uh, in the base of our first chakra to freely move as it, as it moves and it reaches heart chakra, then obviously we would feel that love, unconditional love, and be able to move from the physical love, as you were trying to describe earlier, into that universal love and, and, and move even past that into, into the compassion, which in, in, in a way would even uh, understand that the whole universe is made of love. Mm-hmm. But in order to get there, this is the, the work. My work, uh, Al, is so practical. I, I've seen that people have come to a certain understanding of um, why, you know, they they know that certain things aren't working. They know that they're... Um, uh, why love is not happening. They, Of course, everybody's longing for that. But in order to get there, we first need to see what is blocking the energy, what is preventing, what is this wounded ego in the lower chakras that is not allowing me to feel that, to move higher and, and feel that love that you talk about. And uh, in the book, I give a lot of, practical way, first of all, understanding the step-by-step development and there's seven stages and steps that the ego goes through and consciousness goes through. And to come to that consciousness of love, that you're, we can easily come to that once we reach that, um, in the energy reaches into our fourth chakra. And of course, further up, it goes into the individuality because in order for two people to be happy and in, in unison together, each person needs to be an individual. And mm-hmm. uh, if there's needs, if one person needs uh, somebody else to fulfill their desires and their um, uh, weaknesses and their insecurities, this kind of relationship cannot last too long. And each person needs to come as an individual so that there's a sharing that you mentioned when you were describing it. So there's that that sharing of understanding that we're not separate. But um, again, that's the main uh, work. uh, Just recently, actually, I did a a couple session with uh, with a 37-year-old couple. And they have two children, and they had a lot of difficulties, in a way clashing, because each person expects, you know, something else from the other, and uh, obviously when we have those conflicts, the first thing that we think, well, maybe we should break up, and maybe we should, you know, uh, separate. But Mm -hmm. when I try to explain to them, you each mirroring to each other the work that you need to do. This is why we come together. This is actually um, one of the purposes of love, that we can coexist and understand, that this person is mirroring parts of myself that I cannot see without Uh, him or her being there and mirroring it back to me. So instead of blaming and judging and saying, well, you're not doing what I want you to do, once we understand that then there is a possibility of taking responsibility for how I feel instead of blaming somebody else for how I feel. And through that, there is a possibility of growth. This is the only way I can grow. Uh, grow spiritually and grow as a human when I start saying you know what whatever is being triggered let me have a look let me look inside and see why am I being reactive to this why am I getting angry what's going on and uh, you know when, I, when we looked at that each one of them actually interestingly had their own patterns they needed to work with but they realized that I could not have seen this pattern if uh, my partner wasn't wasn't uh, mirroring it back. And this kind of growth, as you know, is we we'll always go through some kind of a suffering because unless we do, we don't want to really do anything about uh, improving our life. So in a way, pain forces us to, to start looking inside, to start looking at asking those questions that we mentioned in the beginning of the show. So um, everything, in a way, conspires and helps us become conscious. But we need to look in the right direction, as I always say. And we need to focus at what is the most important thing in life. Like he was saying, the man who did the session, he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been working and I'm successful and I'm taking care of my family. And I started asking myself, Recently, what is this life all about? Is it just about go to work, you know, make a living and uh, pay bills? Is, uh, what What am I here for? And this is where the important turning point happens. Then a person can say, "Okay, well, let me find out what is this life is all about." Because sooner or later, it's going to end. It's going to come to an end. So. This is where techniques are very important, I think that can help people to quickly go and transform and understand those questions and one of uh, you know one of the techniques that that I love to use is active meditations mm-hmm. and uh, actually I don't I think I mentioned it to you all but uh, I recently also put out an active meditation CD called no yes and What it does um, allows people to say no for half an hour to release all the emotions or all the, uh, you know, whenever we feel like I want to say no, but I can't because my social conditionings don't allow it, Mm -hmm. so we repress who we truly are. This allows you to release all those repressions, and then brings you to a place where you can sit 15 minutes and really feel that inner peace suddenly, that feel yourself and feel that I'm actually okay and, mm-hmm. and uh, start enjoying your own presence. And then the next phase would be to start saying yes, and there's dance with it as well, with beautiful music, and this allows people to really get in touch with that authentic uh, sense of, Yes, with life and with their own selves, you know, because we talk so much about self-acceptance, which is absolutely important for us to heal all those wounds that um, we, we accumulate through our lifetime. So uh, this is one technique, and of course, my healing method, DM, um, is another technique, and the, that one is um, also uses a system where it helps people to release all the repressed thoughts and emotions that block consciousness, that block love, that block the sense of belonging, the sense of uh, oneness with others. So, and those beliefs, as I was saying, they're like clouds that cover up our eyes and then we start believing that we're separate. This is where we forget that we're all coming from that one source one consciousness, one universe, because we cannot divide the universe. This is why it's called the universe.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. We're talking to an amazing lady, people, uh, Mata Dalian. If you want to visit her, go to www.matadalian.com. Award-winning author, she's uh, talking about many of the things that uh, you will find in her great book, *In Search of the Miraculous: Healing into Consciousness*. Uh, we're touching on so many of the the real life-stirring questions, uh, the things that we should be asking ourselves, and many of the answers that we get once we ask some of the right questions. Uh, She's touching on forgiveness right now. Uh, This is Al Cole, People of Distinction. We're going to uh, turn the corner a little bit on forgiveness. Uh, When she was talking about active meditation, she was talking about uh, the ability to say no. But it's okay to uh, use that N-word, to say no. Uh, I've worked with uh, many abused women. And one of the things that I would encourage uh, in abuse, and abuse is across the board, it doesn't happen to just women, and it doesn't happen just in relationships. Uh, It happens in our human family, is to first feel the pain of whatever abuse might have occurred, and we've all had abuse issues, uh, in order to then forgive. Forgiveness is uh, one of those necessities to a clear mind, and I want you to elaborate a little bit on your active meditation and uh, how it resolves itself into forgiveness, Mata.
1: You know, my experience with forgiveness, Al, um, is uh, when people, first of all, the, the first step is to to accept yourself and all your emotions as. Um, you feel them. The next step is to come to realize that, um, again, the part, when we look at life as a whole, we we see that everything in existence is, if theoretically, just for a moment, if we assume that everything is part of myself and we're not separate. That means that a part of me needs to learn something through an experience that I have. And many times what we need to learn is through an abusive uh, experience, experience of an abuse. And there's two things that experience of abuse teaches people. One is realizing that, that you're not helpless and realizing you have the power to stand up for yourself. Mm. And if you don't, if you don't stand up for yourself, you're going to keep being abused. It's almost like existence keeps hitting you with the stick, till you realize that, wait a minute, I have the power to say no. I can say no, and I can move on.
0: Mm.
1: And and this is where second step is also to realize that just as, um, and this happens very. Um, uh, in many many cases, when a child is being abused in a younger age, they grow up to also start abusing because that's what they've learned mm-hmm. and so the second step would be to realize that I have a capacity to abuse as well I have a capacity to 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 harm and the moment a person realizes that the two parts within themselves, because I have a capacity to, to harm and I have a capacity to create. This is where we jump into the middle and mm-hmm. we step out of the boat and this is where forgiveness happens. In India, there is a, a case uh, about half an hour away from Bombay, you take a boat and you go into those caves and the caves are called Elephanta Caves and in the case there are statues they're carved out of rock, and one of the statues you come into, and it's a big rock. On one side, if you st- if you stand on the step onto the uh, left side, and the right side, and the middle, so there's three different faces, and one face on on uh, one side is. An angry face and, and, you know, it's a destroyer. It's the face that goes to war and Mm -hmm. destroys and wants to possess. It's part of the ego. That's the ego face that is, you know, uh, fights Mm -hmm. uh, and wants to claim and wants to have its mine. So then you go to the to the exact opposite and you see this beautiful face and a very loving and creative face. So it's a face of creator because we both have those uh, things within ourselves. That's why we have the left-right sides also, the yin-yang energies that need to be balanced. Mm-hmm. And... Then when you come into the middle, you see the profile of the, the two faces and you see the middle face, which is that Buddha face, which is absolutely still and quiet and in the middle and nothing is stirring. And this is the absolute consciousness, the, the, state, the state of the witness of the both sides. In this state is where... We, that we are in the space of forgiveness, unconditional love, because how can we forgive if we don't get to the unconditional love that realizes I can do what you have done to me? Mm-hmm. I'm capable of doing that, so therefore I forgive you because I also forgive myself for everything I've done unconsciously because truly everything we do in aggression, we do in unconsciousness. If we were conscious, we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing those things because we realize that you know if if that and this is why sometimes um, and I don't know if you touch on this in your shows but many times those things that we need to endure are very much karmically related from things that have happened in a past life in a previous life mm-hmm. and there's pattern continue and um, and of course existence is so tremendously loving and compassionate that it doesn't say well here's one life for you and that's the end it gives us infinite possibilities to come and uh, relive things and uh, learn the lessons and continue learning because it's impossible to learn everything in one lifetime and to learn that um, actually my journey in the universe is the goal that's the ultimate realization mm-hmm. that my journey here is is the goal there is and the journey through the universe is the goal and to to come to discover that the soul is actually separate from the ego and separate from pain and separate from suffering and to realize that the whole universe is my home this is where we reach ultimate liberation, and a state of being in the present, in the now, where we can actually move spontaneously with what the moment brings. So, uh, of course, all these little parts, little bits that we, we've been discussing and you've been bringing up, uh, thank you for helping me to just elaborate on some things. That you, <laughs> that you're, you know, you're just throwing me these little <laughs> questions to, and helping me to elaborate on them. Mm-hmm. So, so, that's that's the journey. And, and, of course, you know, we're such, like you said initially when you were talking, we are the universe. So if that's the case, if I am the universe, that means I'm limitless. My possibilities are limitless. So what what I can create is limitless. Uh, how far and wide I can travel within this universe is limitless because I am the universe. So nothing is separate. Everything is okay. And mm-hmm. everything is um, is part of me. So this is where we recognize that the only thing that we do as humans here is we learn to transform from our unconsciousness into consciousness. And once we get to, to that consciousness, we realize that we're not separate.
0: Uh, that's beautiful. So well said. And you're touching on some great ground here that... I want you to uh, explore even more. Now, when you mentioned past lives, Mata, one of the things that I've been talking about on my show for a while, and uh, I've been blessed to have some exemplary guests, uh, some very learned uh, psychologists on my show, and one of the things that I will ask is, have you ever explored... Uh, past lives as a way to treating your patients. And uh, actually, I've gotten some psychologists who have said, you know what, I have done that, and I'm glad that you're asking that because I never get asked that. Uh, I've been a believer myself for a long time now that probably one-third, and I'm just throwing this out, who knows what the statistic is, Actually, but probably about one third of the problems that we have as human beings are not going to be solved in the traditional ways. They're not going to be solved by how happy we are in this life. They're not going to be solved uh, with, uh, you know, how much money we're making or even how great our relationship or relationships are. About one third of these quote unquote problems have to go back to something in not just our past in this life not just our childhood no a past life or maybe more than one past life something that we still have to deal with we loosely call it karma uh but it's something that is endemic in the soul and until we relax that ego barrier We will not deal with the completeness of our soul, who we are as human beings. We need to connect to the holistic aspect of who we are in our past lives as well. Where do you stand on that? Elaborate a little bit on that.
1: Well, I think your estimate of 30% is very conservative. I would oh, say okay.
0: <laughs>
1: 80
0: to 90%. Well, there, okay.
1: Yeah, because this is, um, uh, as a matter of fact, I have uh, the last chapter on in the book is my life's journey, and I do cover several past lives that I've remembered. And the pad, just to show that whatever. Um, we don't learn is as a, as a pattern continues from one life to another life, mm-hmm. including including our animal lives because we do mm-hmm. have. Passed through animal life as well. This is why we have different qualities. We have those qualities of animals. If we really look inside deeper, we could see that, you know, um, uh, for example, if you take, uh, and, as a matter of fact, I mentioned this in the book, when when I remember my past life as the Black Panther and my um, editor, who was also, um, you know, my student and a friend, he, 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 related to his past life as a mouse so he was mm. so perfectly organized and helped me to organize the book and very you know very compartmentalize it whereas for me I'm more like a, a broad sort of uh, picture and I like just to swim in the ocean which actually I remembered even the life as a dolphin so mm. um and, and of course human life after that and um, this has very much to do with what what is what is our likings what what kind of uh, you know ways we like to deal with life and for example a dolphin likes feel that the whole ocean is there. I could swim anywhere, anywhere I want, and there's no boundaries. So that's been part of my nature, that I've always expanded, and, and there's no boundaries. Mm. But some, some animals, they like little holes, like, you know, a mouse. Like they feel safe there, and when or, or a crab goes into a little hole, and, uh, you know, you can't throw a crab into the middle of the ocean. They want to ride. So, um, and in my healing practice, working through my healing method, always, I can say probably uh, 90% of the time, people come to past life life experiences that brought on what they're experiencing now. And we need to go, we need to regress into the memory of the past lives. And I could give you an example.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's so many,
1: but... Um, I was working with a boy, he was nine years old, and he had asthma since he was uh, 15 months old. Mm-hmm. And, of course, no traditional method was able to heal that, help him. And I just worked with him one time. And what, what, what I saw, I could see that he died in, in a state of not being able to ask for what he needed, for, for what he wanted. So he held back his energy. And obviously, it's fear behind that, right? If we can't be freely asking what, 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 what we'd like. And we know that. We all repress our true feelings, what we really feel and want, and and, and we have difficulty communicating what truly happens inside us. Mm-hmm. And that that pulls back on our energy, and it's a pattern. Why, why do we do that? So we need to look at that. Anyhow, in this case, I asked him, I said, uh, what do you think about past life? And he said, I said, "Do you do you think that there's such thing as past lives?" And without even a doubt in his mind, he said, "Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. I know that there's there, there there's past lives." Okay, I said, "That's great. Now I have to tell you that this is how you dive and we need to work with that." And as I worked with those beliefs in the body, as I got, call them thought forms, thought forms are based on. Um, when we have an experience, we we have a conclusion about this experience, that conclusion becomes like a thought form and it becomes like a belief. And that is imprinted in our physical cells, in our our cellular memory. And no matter what we do with our cognitive mind, unless we go into the body and release those or erase those beliefs from the cellular memory, The body, they're going to run the show. The body is heavier. It's like the bottom of the iceberg is stronger and heavier. No matter what the top of the iceberg says, no matter where the top wants to go, the bottom decides where it's going to go. So anyhow, um, after releasing all those um, past life imprints, uh, there was like an opening, like a, a brand new canvas suddenly in front of him and it was, okay, now I can ask for what I want. I don't need to be afraid. And I gave him homework to do, which I normally do with each person I work with. And um, within within very, very short time, maybe a month or two, because it takes time to reintegrate into for the for the body to completely release those old memories. Uh, The asthma was completely gone, and he hasn't suffered with that at all. And actually, this is the case with other people who are 50 years old. Hmm. You know, I worked with another person same asthma, 50 years old. But in his case, it wasn't a past life. It was this life memory that when, as a child, he didn't want to go to school, so he made himself um, to cough and be sick. And... And there was a thought form in his chest saying, I don't want to get well. And he Mm -hmm. forgot about that. And when I saw the thought form, because I could read those thought forms in the body. And when I saw the thought form, and I said, please repeat this, so that we can release it. He said, that's not true, I want to get well. I said, just please repeat this. The moment he repeated it, suddenly so many emotions came up. And Mm -hmm. he said, you know, I had completely forgotten. That I used to think this, hmm. and and of course you know in the chest. So you continue that thought form is like a computer program. It's in the computer and it runs the show. So our body is a computer. It's like in the cells we run those uh, thought forms. Run like a computer program. They run the show. And there's there's so much to you know to this and children are very, very, I love working with children because mm-hmm. they're so aware. They're so conscious. And, you know, there's another, uh, talking about past lives, I think I should mention this, another nine-year-old I worked with, and she was very, very much afraid to be in her room to uh, to sleep at night. She thought there were, were, you know, ghosts under her bed. And she she was really, really um, terrified. There was a lot of fear. And when I worked with the fear, we came to the past life where she actually died in fear. And when she saw it, she suddenly, her consciousness suddenly came in and she said, oh, she said, I don't die. Nobody dies best does
0: not exist isn't that something ah you know so many things you're talking about this is exciting here mata we're we're talking to mata (laughs) dalian people of distinction with alcohol we're on to something people stick around uh you know and visit mata .mata mata www.mata.dalian.com uh for a lot of the insight that this lady has uh, in store for the human family here, we're talking about something that uh, I love talking about on People of Distinction. And, we, you know, there aren't a lot of people that can get deeply into this, and Mata is getting deeply into this, and I love it. And I want to explore a little bit in the time that we have uh, remaining in this show about past lives Uh, A couple of quick things that, uh, you know, that Mata reflected on right from the get-go here that were just wonderful. I had said that uh, I think about, uh, you know, one-third, at the very least, one-third of uh, the problems in our lives due to not this life, but past lives. Well, Mata expanded that right off the start to maybe 80 or 90 percent. I have no problem with that. Uh, another thing now this everybody's got to really get on board with this even the people who believe in past lives who have knowledge of past lives uh, usually are only talking about past lives pertaining to human beings all right I'm a human being now yeah I remember when I was Julius Caesar in a past life I remember when I was this uh, Arabian princess I remember when I was this when I was that I could have been a gypsy. I could have been somebody who maybe uh, you know died drowning or something, or I could have been uh, you know I suffered terrible abuse. I could have been murdered maybe in my past life, but we're always talking about human beings. Mata is wonderful here; she's bringing out animals. Okay, you know there's nothing you know when I think of the human family. Uh, That is just a metaphor for something maybe even larger. First of all, we're talking about people, but we're not just limiting to that. If we're talking about this whole wide, beautiful universe of whatever God we, uh, we say that we have a knowledge of, a belief in, faith in, whatever, and now we're talking about the animal kingdom as well, but not only that, we're talking about plants. Not only that, we're talking about a dust. We're talking about anything that exists to begin with. We're talking about energy. We're talking about everything under the umbrella. Mata's bringing this up. You know, you could have been an animal in your past life. You could have been a blade of grass. You could have been a dust speck. And all of that goes into your personal unconscious, and it has to be tapped into again in this life. Uh, She's talking about cellular memory. Understand this, people. We are physical, but physical can be a beautiful thing. Physical is energy as well. You know, the master plan is that matter is something that is conserved as energy. And when this body dies, some of the cellular memory, the thought patterns that she's talking about, thought forms, well, that can live on too in energy form in a next life that then becomes cellular patterns in that next life if it's bodily it could be even on maybe another planet where it's not even bodily i mean there it's limitless the possibilities here and you know we're tapping into that and this is all a preface uh preface to let mata take control of it again and expand on this i want you to expand more on past lives and methodologies to getting into past lives with people? Uh, Is it on that Freudian couch where we're asking questions? Is it, I've heard people talk about hypnosis. How do we actually induce past lives in people, get people to understand what their past lives are, and then help them out in therapy with their past lives? Expand a little bit about this, uh, Mata.
1: Uh, so first of all, what I'd like to mention is remembering past lives is not for entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's for a purpose to see what are the patterns that I'm repeating this lifetime. And what are what are the lessons that I didn't learn then and I need to learn and continue learning? Because like you were mentioning, many times people think, oh, well, I was this and I was that in a past life, sort of like... Um, you uh, know, the ego gets a hold of uh, of this and starts bragging about things. And it's not the purpose of remembering past lives for for uh, transformational purposes. Is more to realize what are my blind spots, what have I not seen that I'm repeating, mm-hmm. um, and. Parts of our lessons, for example, in, in some of my past lives, I, I can even share. Maybe just to give you an example, yeah. one of my past lives, and I have I have probably uh, remembered and, and written in in the chapter, I don't know about maybe five or six human past lives, and how the 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 chain continues of those patterns till like, I finally saw it and and uh, broke that most important. Um, Uh, sort of thing that keeps the ego alive, which is the trust and surrender. And uh, one of the lifetimes, it's it's interesting because I think many people are caught in in this kind of situation. I was a Chinese astronomer, and I was trying to find the truth in the stars. As many scientists do, and uh, especially the quantum physics now is coming to recognize that the fact that consciousness is actually the only thing that exists, and everything Mm -hmm. else is an illusion. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in this life, I was a scientist, I was a young man, and one thing I need to mention also, that we alternate between a male and a female body, so it's not always that if you're a male now, that you've always been a male, Mm -hmm. so we do have experiences of male female at different alternate lives, because that's what we need to learn, and and so being, being a young man, I was very much focused on needing to find the answer in the stars. And this was in China during the time when the Chinese that Great Wall was being built. And there were, you know, I, I, I sort of looked down upon people who were just, busy with the mundane thing and running a business and having a family, never wanted to get married, even though, you know, there were many beautiful women who were interested in me. So then one day this woman comes to the mountains and she brings me lunch. And beautiful woman, and she obviously is expressing her love, and we mentioned love here before. But, of course, you know, for somebody who is just wanting to find the truth, um, love. I was not really uh, open to any human sort of uh, relationship in that sense. So, so I leave my work and I go and have lunch with her for two hours in the mountains, enjoying the, 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 the air, enjoying the sun, enjoying just the presence of the mountain, the stillness. And I felt those two hours were so full of life. And mm-hmm. then she leaves, and I go back into my work. And of course, it's intellectual pursuit for truth. And at the time of my death, what happens for all of us at the time of our death? Our entire life flashes in front of us. Mm-hmm. So we could see, we could see the life that we've lived in unconsciousness, and the parts that were conscious. So mm-hmm. then we can, in that instance, make a choice. When we come back to the next life, what choice am I making? What do I want to continue? This is where existence gives us that opportunity to see what I have missed and what I need to, uh, what I want to move into. So in the flash, I saw that my entire life was a waste, except those two hours. I was alive, present, only for those two hours in my entire lifespan. Hmm. And that is shocking. You know, it's shocking to realize that I've wasted all my life. I've only lived for two hours in the now, in the present. Right? So it's like, oh, my goodness. So then dropping that intellectual pursuit, because many times many of us are, of course, we need to, first of all, the first steps are intellectual. We need to uh, intellectually grasp an idea before we... uh, take the courage to go deeper into that and explore it and have the experience but what i'd like to to share here everything even the memory of those past lives is only there for us to recognize to understand that true life only happens in the present, in the now, that the past is gone, the future's not yet. The only thing that we have is only here and now. And how to come to live in the here and now is the whole spiritual work in my mind. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when when you said that, isn't it something when that fleeting, beautiful light of realization passes me when I'm... On my deathbed, and I realized that there were only two hours of my life that were really worth it. Now, that's the good news, people. I'm going to underscore something here. See, the good news is that it's never waste because we have eons and eons and eons to get it right. When Mata's is talking about that now, well, what she's talking about is consciousness. And at that point, that now is expansive. We're not talking about a millisecond of now. We're not talking about a second or ten seconds or whatever. You know, it's undesignated. What we're talking about are eons, eons, and eons of consciousness time that we have. The things outside of that are not the important things, whether it takes a hundred years or a thousand years or a million years or a trillion years to experience the now of consciousness that doesn't matter how long it takes us outside of that what matters is what we bring into the consciousness if there's a million years that resolve itself into maybe a thousand years of true consciousness guess what we have met god at that point in the now well, there's nothing wrong with that. If our life plights are to live on until we meet the creative force, the source, some people call it, well, that is one of the most wondrous adventures that we can have. We are blessed to have been born at all, people. We have the opportunity, and not only the opportunity, the inevitability, it's inevitable, that we are going to become one again with the higher power, the source of our own birthright, that which we call whatever God we believe in. And everything else that we have to do to get to that point is just what we call, well, you know, everyday real life. When we get to the real life, capital R, capital F, L, of living in the now That's all that really matters. Paying our dues. Dues paying is the important aspect here. Whatever you want to call life, of paying dues in order to get to real life, well, we're doing that in many, many ways in this life anyway. And we will get there in terms of the now consciousness that she's talking about. This conversation is stimulating. I want to invite you... To, uh, to do one of my tele seminars, to do one of my teleclasses, uh, to really get this word out to people, Mata, of what we're talking about right now, past lives particularly, you have hit on something that is unique. You've hit on something that people have to really understand and really hear about. And on people of distinction, I hold many, many, many teleclasses of unique topics, and I didn't know that we were going to get into this. But once we got into this, I know that this is the topic that would make such a great teleclass for my people of distinction listeners and also for the people who are fans of yours, people who follow what you do. This is fascinating territory, and I'm so glad that you brought this up. I'm going to give you the final word. We have a few minutes left here. I want you to cap this off in any way that you want to. The work that you're doing, the books that, uh, that, that you've written, not only your present book, but the, the book that is coming out, that you're working on right now, all of the wonderful things that are Mada, I want you to encapsulate in the final minutes of this show and put special emphasis on the holistic aspect of this life Is not the be-all and the end-all that the be-all and the end-all is sometime in our now encapsulate all of that we we need this Mata I I love the way you put it put it for us in the last few minutes of this show
1: okay I'll try I'll try (laughs) and uh, yeah you, you actually summed it up very nicely when we talked about that eternal consciousness in the now. So maybe just on, uh, you know, to follow that up, um, I, I, would, I would like to say if we could keep reminding ourselves that the reason that we suffer is because we don't understand that life is here to help us discover our soul and realize that our journey is the goal of being alive. So that's a reminder that might help to, to always come back on track and come back on putting the focus in the right place, because wherever we put the focus, we'll grow. So if we want to grow the now, if we want to be more in the now, we have to focus more into uh, the now. And my, my uh, sort of way is, instead of trying to struggle to be in the now, discover what prevents you from being in the now.
0: Mm-hmm. so well put uh, Eliza Maddalian, Uh you, you're going to have to visit her website you're going to have to get in touch with her uh, order her book uh, in search of the miraculous healing into consciousness uh, she'll have a new book coming up as well Uh exemplary uh, woman here and all of the the great things that we've been talking about. Uh, take it seriously, people. We are consciousness, and consciousness is uh, something that we rarely talk about. We, we're we're aware of it, obviously. You know, I start out the uh, the show with we are separate consciousnesses, small c, uh, but we are larger consciousnesses, large c. When we realize that higher power within ourselves and in so many cases it's the higher selves of us that are communicating we think it's you know the everyday average person it's communicating with the everyday average person in our best relationships in our highest love energies it's the higher selves that are doing the communicating and they're doing the communicating without words they're doing the communication through energy, and they are in that now. They're the guiding forces to us. Thank you, Mata, for bringing this all out, and uh, let's, uh, let's follow up with uh, a teleclass here that will pinpoint so much of the great work that you're doing, particularly in past lives. Uh, again, if people want to get in touch with you, of course, there's madadalian.com. Uh, I know that you have a Facebook site. Uh, Give us some info on some other ways that people can contact you as well.
1: Uh, yes, there's a Facebook, Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook.com, I believe it's Madadellian, mm-hmm. um, and um, uh, mentioning about the teleclasses, um, it, it would be fun actually being on your teleclass, and I also do um, offer teleclasses with, um, as a matter of fact, with the purchase of the book uh, Healing, um, Healing in Conscious, in the Miraculous, Healing in Conscious, and the No Yes Meditation. People get a free teleclass where they can ask me personal questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, there's online courses that I'm actually finishing one right now. I do them only twice a year. There are eight-week online courses that we work through uh, the 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 eight uh, the seven chakras and uh, identifying the blockages and I give people uh, direction to how they can work with releasing and transforming what's blocking in the energy and um, uh, of course the the self healing book, which at the moment, the working title is Healing into Consciousness with the Dalian Method, uh, a Revolutionary Healing Modality for the New Humanity. So that would probably be out uh, for sure next year, actually.
0: That's great, and we'll all look for it. Uh, Thank you again, Mata for gracing the alcohol stage on People of Distinction. Uh, it has just been just been marvelous, and we'll look forward to the uh, teleclass as well. Thank you, Mata.
1: I enjoyed it, Dale. Thank you very much.
0: It's author, musician, singer Al Cole, from a CBS radio background now to host of the syndicated talk show People of Distinction, a show that brings to light a stunning new concept, celebrity inspirational interviews, giving high-profile guests the chance to talk not only about what everybody knows about them, their great professional achievements, but also the secrets that very few know about them, their real heart and soul human values, the values that link them closely to the core of our human family. Because celebrities are human beings, people, and we are all people of distinction. And when given the chance, we will all speak openly about the very reason for our birth, the energy and dedication of what we call love.